Now broadcasting live via so Ustream loud. or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get I'm glad your mom wasn't here. Uh, if you said your parents don't listen to this, he just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Everybody, welcome to the Bag Broadcast, episode number 126. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, where we normally bring you the top geek stories of the past week, but... Since this week was E3, and we're bringing you an E3 news segment in the main topic, that's going to be folded in to that segment. Then we go into the list, the books we're looking forward to the 13th of June. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and as Paul said, this week we're bringing you our E3 uh, look-back roundup. We're out news roundup cavalcade of fun. That thing. <laughs> Boom. Uh. Uh, we did this last year as well, where we uh, took a look at some of the games that have been announced or discussed a little bit more at E3, the big electronics expo that they have every year, and um, we washed that down. Yes, we washed that news down and uh, make and ferment it. We, you know, really brew the news here. We, we brew that news. So that way we can give it to you to be consumed. Hey, what are we drinking today? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've had them on the show before, and not them like they're people, but we've had their beers on the show before. Uh, we have two more beers from Great Lakes Brewing out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Which is important to say, because who knew? Who, who knew? There was one over in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario. The, yeah, there's also one in Ontario called Great Lakes. Very different one. So this, this is the one out of Cleveland, not Toronto. But we have, um, it's a seasonal one. It's the Wright Pills. And that's Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, as in the Wright Brothers. And we know that because there's a airplane on the front. And it's... Or is that a kite? No, it's it's an airplane. It's a biplane. You might get it confused with a bicycle, because they were bicycle makers from Ohio. And I don't know why <laughs> they used the Wright brothers as the inspiration for this ale. Because they're from Ohio? Are they? Yes. But why aren't the Wright brothers on their license plates then they're on like another state it's like missouri's no they're on uh what is it north carolina's is it north carolina yes because of kitty hawk the flight at kitty hawk that's where they decided to do the flight for the first time but the wright brothers are from ohio i will look this up no that's okay i I don't doubt it but that just makes no sense first Uh, flight this has nothing to do with flying you should probably not drink this and fly (laughs) <laughs> that is probably I, true. Am I wrong? No. John Travolta, am I wrong? You're a pilot. You're a friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't know that. Talks to us all the time. Look for his review on iTunes. It's, it raves. <laughs> raves about us. Um, it, It's a Pilsner. I'm not a big Pilsner fan. Um, I picked this up because this is the first time I've seen it available. So I, I decided to grab it. Born Dayton, Ohio. I think I would rate, th- rate this my maybe number two pills. I'm not a pills guy either. It's got a bitterness and kind of a toasted taste that I I like. I could I could drink this if there was nothing else out at a bar. I would order it. You know, if it was at a party and that was the like one of the only better choices, I'd probably take it. 
It's a good pilsner. I do really, like you said, John, enjoy the toasted flavor. In yeah. fact, uh, I like it a little bit more than the Eurotrash pills that we get from Southern Tier. I would put this over the Eurotrash. I wouldn't put it up to the um, the Noble Pills from, was that? It's not Ithaca. Mm. Noble Pills is from uh, Boston. Uh, Sam, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Boston Brewing Company. Yes, thank you. But, um, um, you know, I don't like the Noble Pills. I think that's a little drier, a little hoppier. Uh, almost to the point of a pale. Like, it, I don't think yeah. that really should be a pills. It's, it's borders on a, on a pale. Oh, this, normal. this has like a bizarre, like, middle taste, and then you get mm-hmm. that kind of toasted pop on it. I can't really mm-hmm. place what it is. I'm gonna go in for another sip. You don't get any of that tinny or that nickel taste that you get in a lot of pilsners. It's got a good flavor, and I mean, the studio is getting pretty warm, and it's, it's going down very well. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't hate it. I, I gave it a three out of five over on Untapped. As did um, I. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. It's drinkable. I wouldn't not get it again, but I wouldn't search it out. Search it out. Yeah, if it's yeah over the pills, but you know pilsners, they're kind of the lo- one of the lowest rungs for me. Yeah, yes. beers. You know, I, I'd rather have a lager, like a stout, porter, anything over a anything. Pilsner. I think. I think the bottom the bottom two beers are barley wines. And Whoa, what? Just, like, no, I like barley wines, but I don't, I'm not, I don't actively like go, oh, I'm going to get a barley wine tonight and have a six pack of a barley wine. Uh-uh. Barley wines are something that you get and you get for just a sipping kind of a occasion. Mm-hmm. So it's not that thing that I buy all the time. I couldn't tell you the last time I picked up a barley wine. No, but if I go somewhere and they have a barley wine there, yeah, I'm going to get one. Well, yeah. I actively avoid how, barley wines. <laughs> how often do you get a barley wine at a place? Not very often. Not very often, exactly. Did. So it's one of those bottom beers. I'm usually, I'm almost always buying other kinds of beers. So that's why it's down from what I often buy. And Pilsners are right okay. below that. Okay. I think the last time I bought a Pilsner was if I brought the Euro Trash for the tasting <laughs> last time. Yeah. Before that, couldn't tell you. Barley wine, I know that I bought for the beer tasting I held with Stephanie. We mm-hmm. had back burner um, barley wine from Southern Tier, and it was amazing. One of these days, we're going to have to do a not episode where it's just a beer power episode. Okay. I, I think listeners would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Where Screw listeners. Man, if we, <laughs> we could do power rankings for types of beer. We could you know, maybe do a beer draft. <laughs> Maybe set up a bracket with it. We can draft the beers and then put a bracket. I don't know. Uh, what we each if we did that mystery case, or, man, I mean, bracket beer. like we each bring our favorite beers in different categories of beers and put them all up against each other and have one that, ultimate winner. Yeah, that'd we be a fun one. We would need to bring in more up uh, more listener. Oh, I, I think people. for the show, Ed would definitely. Be oh out. yeah, because uh, Ed, if you're listening, <laughs> um, let us know. Because producer, producer Scott, yeah, oh producer yeah, producer Scott, we could get in because if it was just us trying to claim our beers are the best, like it's going to be a stalemate. We need to bring in people to break a tie. Oh my gosh, it's the summer. It's when we do big beer competitions like this. Yes. Yeah, world's worst beer last summer. Yeah, I'm more looking forward to this one than that. So yeah. we're doing best beers, which was a plan for last that, yeah, summer that, was that one never of our plans. got around to doing. We can do it this summer, and we can do it outside. Let me we know when, so I can ask off that Sunday. <laughs> you mean that Sunday and Monday? Oh no, I'll be fine on Monday. Oh, okay. 
uh, power I, through. We, we start er, we start early enough. Mm-hmm. But speaking about powering through, Paul, what movies powered through this weekend? Well, this weekend we saw two of our top bracket movies being opened, and surprisingly enough, Madagascar three took top spot this week, opening up with a weekend of sixty point three million dollars. According to BoxOfficeMojo.com. Pretty impressive. I really didn't think this movie was going to do that much. I thought this was going to be a smaller, maybe like $20, $30 million opening. And next time you throw it to me uh, to get the numbers for the for the Begging Boardcast second annual summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster, could you uh, say, Mo, let's go to the big board? I will never say that because your name's not Mo. But, oh, but I can I call you Mo Gowan. <laughs> <laughs> We never did. What are you talking about? No, we always did. <laughs> Paul, what's your email for Bagged and Board? It's Paul at BaggedandBoardcast.com. What, <laughs> what's your Twitter? Because we've had that on here before. It's uh, McGowanPW. And if, I, I don't understand. And, and if <laughs> they if they friend uh, our Facebook, <laughs> right, yeah, you might see that I'm a contributor to it. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, and they might see why my... Your picture is on, like, the cover photo. <laughs> I, I understand it. I just want them to work at it just a little bit. If I have an online stalker, I want them to do that much work. If you have an online stalker, they're already going to know everything about you. Exactly. No, I do a podcast with you. <laughs> uh Number two opening this weekend was Prometheus, opening up with an even $50 million, which... uh does not give it rights to move on in our summer movie blockbuster, but bracket buster. Uh, that Prometheus was up against Snow White and the Huntsman. Last week, Snowman, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, got how much money? I forgot, but it, it was, was like 56. 50, 50, yeah. 56.2 million dollars. So not a wide margin there, and I, I figured that it might do pretty well. I mean, Snow White and the Huntsman, it's marketed towards that Twilight crew. In almost all of these movies, I think except for what Battleship that did twenty, everything's been up in the fifties yeah. to to sixty area. None of us picked uh, Snow White and the Huntsman to move on. No, no. I think we. I thought all these movies were just going to do a little better than they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed did pick Madagascar three to move on versus Battleship, and he was right. I. I, uh, mis- I misguessed. Chris, you misguessed that. Hasbro would happen. John also, and I also did. Uh, and Aaron's and Ethan's from our friends over at Confessions of Movie Snob, their bracket was all messed up, so I didn't post it. I asked them to send it to me again. Uh, they haven't gotten that to me again. So I don't know what they would actually have picked. Like, they got that sec. What they were picking versus each other was all. was not right. They got shuffled in the. They email. got shuffled. Uh, well, shuffled. No. On the, during the podcast, I guess. I don't know how, like, they seem to have been picking it right during our recording, but when they emailed it to me, it was all shuffled, so I don't know. Yeah, like in the, in the email, it that just they got sent jumbled. To me, yeah. So. I think Ethan picked Madagascar to go ahead. I'm gonna have to re-listen to that episode and, uh, <laughs> figure that out and then make up the brackets for them. So, uh, there we go. That's the box office news. Man, speaking about... Unless you guys want to hear about what's opening up next week. Yeah, why don't we give a little uh, precursor of what's happening next week? Absolutely nothing worthwhile. Oh, Rock, of, Rock of Ages, and that's my boys which, for next week. Which looks... Both of those look horrible. Yes. 
But, you know, next week does not seem to be a week you want to go to the theaters. Well, good thing, because there might be some comic books coming out that you want to pick up instead. So we're going to take a look at the books that are coming out. What's the date? June 13th. 13th. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember. I didn't look it up. I just saw all the pages Did, there. I, I just realized today was the 10th, so it would be three days from today. <laughs> Did Oh. Uh. Did you guys know Brian Wood was going to start writing X-Men? What? I did not know that. What? I know. I, I had to... Uh, it was a lean-in move, uh, moment for me when I was looking at comic books coming out this week. And uh, it's piqued my interest. Uh, I stopped reading X-Men uh, because, honestly, it kind of sucked. I know. I was I was so looking forward to that book, too. X-Men coming back, new mm-hmm. number one. With Jubilee, I might be the only person that's excited for that, but I, I was, I was right. for it. You pump, you started picking it up with the stupid vampire crossover shit. Because that's where they <laughs> went with it. <laughs> and Issue I, number three was like X-Men versus vampires, and I was like, I don't like this. And then we tried it again when they did the whole split, and then we all realized that Wolverine and X, the X-Men was the better book. That's, yeah. that's the only X-Men book that you need to read, but Paul. Brian, Brian Wood. Brian Wood. Uh, I've been enjoying his Conan the Barbarian work right now over at, uh, what is it, Dark Horse? Yes, yes. Dark Horse. Uh, I always forget who has that license. It's Dark Which, Horse. It's always been Dark Horse? Yeah, yeah they've man. had it forever. I think back, what, 70s, 80s, Marvel probably had it because they had tons of stuff. Yeah, they had a lot more license stuff. But yeah, it's been Dark Horse for years now. But been enjoying his work there. Uh, Brian Wood was a DC exclusive for a while now. I did accidentally pick up his one Wolverine and the X and uh, Alpha and the Omega book. Uh, that's where when Brian Wood came back to Marvel, uh, and now he'll be writing X Men Ejectiveless. Hmm. Ejectiveless X Men, right? Is just that how you yeah, it's it? just your it's just X Men. It's not uncanny. It's not astonishing. Mm-hmm. Not Wolverine Ambi. It's just X Men. And uh, good news, penciler George Mil- Molina Molina Molina. Jorge Molina. Jorge Molina. Oh, that makes more sense. Uh, so there we go. Uh, on cover and then artist David Lopez. So, uh, we don't, uh, see any land here. No, no Greg Land, which is always a good thing. <laughs> she, you know, sometimes a good thing. Because as soon as I see land, I take off. Land, like plane. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it was forced. I thought you were actually going someplace with that. No. No. It, you kind of got nowhere with that, your airplane there. Kind of yeah. crashed it. That sucked. It's okay. What I'm hoping for not to crash is uh, Batman and Robin. Um, jumping into this book because all the Robins are getting called together back into Gotham. And also, all uh, the criminals are all teaming up to hunt down Batman in this book. Um, you have uh, Tim Drake going hard after Damien for a big screw-up that he's made. And Damien did kill somebody. That and, was in the uh, Batman Incorporated books, the Grant Morrison books, I think. And uh, it's, it's going to come to a head between these two guys, and I'm looking forward to this. I'm picking up the next three issues of this, um, and then if I'm liking it, I might follow on with it, or I might keep going along with Batman Inc., because I did really, really like that. And I, reading that, I realized that I need, I need my Damien... Batman fix. I haven't had it in a while. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Batman Incorporated too. Um, I'm looking forward to checking out this one because I like Damien. I like Jason Todd now. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for him too much before, but Red Hood and the Outlaws kind of solidified his place in my heart. 
Love Tim Drake. I like the Tim Drake Jason Todd relationship that we saw in the last issue of Red Hood, Red and, Hood and the Outlaws. Um, yeah, this is an issue that I definitely want to check out as well. And Peter Tomasi writing. I've I've been a fan of his since Green Lantern Corps. And talking about Green Lantern Corps artist uh, Patrick Leeson. Yes. So it's the teaming up of those two back together since Green Lantern Corps. I think they might have been doing it for a while now. Yeah, they've together. been in on Batman and Robin since, since it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> since the new D52. But there is nothing wrong with that because they're a solid team. And they work together often. Much like Maya team up on my book, which is Jeff Johns and Doug Mankey holding up Green Lantern number 10. Um, this is the conclusion for what's been going on with the current arc, which is all focusing on the Indigo Tribe. Um, we finally got the origin of the Indigo Tribe. I'm I'm really enjoying everything that's happening with this book. Um, Paul and I kind of had a little bit of a talk earlier about Doug Mankey on art. Mm-hmm. Um, His humans look like aliens. His aliens look like humans. Um, it just takes me out of the book a little too much. It's gets confusing about who is who. Uh, a lot of times, especially if it's human characters talking to each other, uh, I don't think he uh, is able to distinguish which characters well. And I I really don't mind his art too much. I I'm trying to remember exactly how I worded it before, but I said it's it basically it's comic book art. There's nothing that makes me hate it. There's nothing that makes me love it. It's it's there. Would I prefer to see someone else on it? Yeah. Do I need someone else? Not really. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that really detracts from it. Do I need uh, the other color cores to be out of Green Lantern before I start reading it again? Yes, I do. See, the other color core stuff's going really good right now, though. Each core is kind of being disassembled by different outside forces, and it's all just kind of happening at the exact same time. And they're pretty good stories. And I, w- I was considering... So it's the downfall of the other colors. Yeah, you're um, actually seeing the last stand of the Blue Lantern Corps over in the pages of New, uh, Guardians. New Guardians right now. And it's kind of sad because I was like, man, I really don't want them to go away because the Blue Corps is one of my favorite. I love St. Walker as a character. And I've, I, I'm the opposite of Paul. Like, I enjoy all the colored lantern stuff that you do get. I think, you know, I thought this story has run its course, and I, I'm just looking forward to things that are new, you know? I'm looking forward to new announcements. I was going to say, like, our new beer that we have in front of us? Yeah, or, yes, our new beer would also be a new taste. New, a new taste. And this is another seasonal from over at Great Lakes Brewing, Cleveland, Ohio, not the Toronto, Ontario one. Um, this is their Lake Erie Monster. It's a Imperial IPA. Um, which, <laughs> oh, boy. This was actually the last four-pack that they had at Wegmans. I saw it when I went grocery shopping last night. When I went back today, there was only one left. Uh, so I, I grabbed it, and I was like, good timing. I've had a couple people recently tell me, you you need to pick it up. It is a really good Ooh. IPA, and it it's, it is. That, it really is That good. nose right off the bat just hits you. It, wow. It's like nice, sweet floral citrus. It's nice, sweet floral citrus, citrus on the nose, but on the oh palate, my God. it's that a really good pine... A uh, very hoppy taste, hoppy, very yeah, mellow, mellow, little toast on the end, and a sweetness on the end. It's it's really well balanced you for can, a for an imperial. I yeah, don't can, feel the burn. You can tell it's an imperial. Nine point one percent ABV. But you're not getting huge you, alcohol yeah. at mm-hmm. all. You this goes down so easy. Yeah. It's a lot like um the Southern Tier Double IPA, where it's yeah. just you can drink it and not uh, realize. It's just wow. Leave, it just leaves you with that nice toasted flavor. It's, it doesn't leave you with the burn. This is something that I would. Gladly buy again. Even this is a five. Ten ninety nine for a four pack. Ooh. 
Then I but, you can get a six-pack of flower power if you're going to be spending that. But yeah, but you're not going to get... It's a, it's it's my new favorite IPA. Wow. Wow. Really? Yes. Over flower power. It's over flower. Well, flower power is, you know, it, it's neck and neck with the white IPA from Saranac for me. And uh this is an IPA's IPA. This is... If I'm looking at flower power, I'm not really thinking IPA. I'm thinking of something that's... You know, got that nice citrusy hoppiness. It's there, but this is IPA. Next to know. Southern Tears Double. Yeah. I, I would put this up there with the Southern Tier Double. I can't put it over Flower Power just yet, but this is great. You know what I mean, though? Like, when you grab Flower Power, it's good, but it's not, like, you better take this slow boy because this is hoppy. This is, it's a good drinkable IPA. This is, like, when you really want to... Like score, scoring your own taste buds with an IPA, like that really heavy, hoppy, piney kind of taste. This is what I would grab. Be like, you like IPAs. This is what you drink. You don't like IPAs? Well, try Flower Power. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Flower mm-hmm. Power. It's it, really good. It's, 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 it's an extremely well balanced, mm-hmm. great drinking beer, and it is someone who's not a fan of IPAs. It's a beer that they can. Like Paul, go, yes. I'm a fan of this beer. Whoa. I don't know if you guys have uh, checked into this on Untap yet, but apparently there's other types of Great Lakes uh, Lake Erie Monster available, too. There's one with pineapple and one with pineapple and coconut. I don't know if I would like that. I don't like pineapple and coconut together. I hate pina coladas. Um, apparently only four people have checked into the uh, pineapple one, so it might be very hard to find. What we could do is we could see about, I could, uh, get a Randall and we could Randall that last bottle maybe next week with some pineapple. No, I'm drinking that one myself. You can buy your own four yeah. pack, sir, go, if you go, want a Randall. Go find your own. I'm, you better I'm shake s- your keys and walk on out of here. I'm shaking them keys. Paul made a Randall joke. <laughs> As from, Rand- clerks. from clerks. I, I definitely appreciated that. Cause I used to love to Randall places. Um, no, because... You used to you, rant a lot out. I did. <laughs> I, you can't have that one, John, because I'm savoring it, and I don't want to share it. Fine. I feel bad for sharing this with you guys right now. I wish I had kept it all to me. Man, you're like an orange lantern. I am. Are they done yet, those orange lanterns? Yeah, things aren't looking good for them. One. Oh, God damn it. This is delicious. It is so good. You know what else is good? The Here. news from E3. Yes! Exactly, John. Was it? I don't know. It, uh, I can see where Paul said yes on the levels because it just spikes. <laughs> it does just spike. Now, unfortunately, since there's no new uh, consoles being announced other than the Wii U, which was announced last E3, you know, it's kind of harder to get excited about this entertainment, electronic entertainment expo. Uh, but I still think that there was some cool things happening. There was some stuff that was announced that I was like, oh, cool. Unfortunately, nothing that made me really be like, wow, I can't wait. Oh, my God, you guys, look at this. There was some stuff that I was like, oh, cool, I'll check that out. Um, and I don't chalk that up to there not being a n- new generation of consoles. I think it's just companies didn't have anything big to announce because everything has already been kind of talked about. They just yeah. expanded a little bit more. I think it kind of stems from the fact that video game announcements have become 
you know, you don't need an expo anymore to really get up hype for the video games. The video game titles themselves are hype enough. And what are the biggest selling games? They usually have a two, three, or four, and, you know, now maybe even a five after, after the title. You yeah. know, it's, you know, what were we going to see? Oh, well, it announced pre, you know, what, months ago, well, through GameStop was, uh, the, Assassin's Creed 3, you yeah. know, with them linking the photo and then like them actually handing out like little playing, uh, not playing cards, but you could pre-order it and get the... You got the steelbook case as the pre-order mm-hmm. bonus for it. And that was months ago. Yeah, it was back in mm-hmm. March. So what is E3 going to do? Oh, we're going to give you a little bit of a playable demo to show you some gameplay. Which, and that's what it was this year. Which was cool. I mean, everything I, I saw from it, I was like, wow, that looks really cool. It did pique my interest a little bit more, mm-hmm. but... But I'm saying that's, I, like, was, yeah. all of the video games, like, at E3 this year. It was like, we already announced this, but here, have some more gameplay footage. Maybe we'll have it playable at the booth, which would be cool if you were there, but yeah, as people that sit here and, like, read the news scrolls, like, what are we going to say? Well, we didn't touch it. That's We don't know. We don't really have a format for this. It's just kind of like a free, hey, let's talk about mm-hmm. things. But was there a game announced that did kind of hit you, like, oh, cool? Uh, I think a little bit with um, Black Ops 2, with it going into the future, mm-hmm. like that, that that had pre- been announced already. Pre-announced, but now you know they what? kind I, of expanded. I wasn't even paying attention to that because I usually borrow those from my brother-in-law if mm-hmm. I'm going to play them. Well, well honestly, was... we don't talk about video game news all that often no. either. So this is a good segment just to wrap up all the video game news that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Like, and it was one that was going to be fly under the radar for me, but with that, it kind of seems interesting and different. I've played the other ones by borrowing them, and this is one that I might go, hey, I, may, I might as well pick it up. I'm going to play it. It. I know they're good game franchises. Mm-hmm. This might be an interesting way to do it. And I can pretend I'm John Connor. I do that anyway. <laughs> Uh, the one oh. game that I'm most looking forward to is a game that I was looking forward to like two years ago. Uh, it was a project, a indie, completely indie game called Unfinished Swan. Now it's called The Unfinished Swan, and it has a whole new narrative vibe, and, um, it's gonna be released for PlayStation 3, so look forward to me coming over, Chris. Yeah, I, I'll gladly get it and for you. I will, uh, you know, give you the money to download it because it's gonna be a PS3 exclusive, uh, for downloadable, yeah, as a downloadable yeah, title. network. And it looks so cool. It's, uh, the original, uh, gameplay demo that they used to show off was just you in a room and you would throw these black, uh, paintballs and they would splatter. It would show you and give dimension and detail to the room, the completely white room you're in. Uh, just look up a video because it is quite cool. It, yeah, Paul showed that to me two or three years <laughs> yeah, ago yeah, and I was like, ago. holy shit, I can't wait for that because it seems like a really cool, strategy, mm-hmm. labyrinth kind of game that you have to throw, you have to make your way through it by mm-hmm. making the corners and uh, finding out how to go through it. They're saying now it's not only just a puzzle game, there's some horror-esque elements into it, and the complete narrative now is that you're a young boy or a person, I don't think it really matters because I don't think you see the protagonist uh, painting a painting, and as you're trying to finish the swan on the painting, it leaps off the canvas, and uh, suddenly you're transported into the magical realm, and you're chasing down this uh, unfinished swan. Mm. 
You know, throwing your paint around, trying to figure out where it is. And it's really cool because, you know, it just, look at the trailer. It, it is quite breathtaking for just being so much, for being monochromatic. And then look back at the older trailers too for it and see how much they developed. They added yellow. Ooh. For the swan feet. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> Also, I think that's how you know you're at the end of the level of gold. There will be like a gate with the like a golden mustache on it. It looks like, mm. so you, you know, to, uh, you're you're there to move on. I so they nothing. created the game out of this like kind of cool tech demo. Uh, so I'm excited about that. No, I I remember watching that video a while ago, and it was definitely a cool idea for a game. I'm looking forward to something a little bit more tech heavy than that and as a result i will probably never be able to play it because it's star wars 1313 um did you guys see the stuff for that one first m-rated star wars game you actually play as a bounty hunter on coruscant and it's called 1313 i don't think that's going to be a finished title i think they might reveal what that actually is going to be later but um it actually takes place on level 1,313 of Coruscant, because Star Wars nerds know Coruscant's actually a planet, but then there's just different layers built up from the planet's surface. Um, So you're actually, like, midway through the whole planet itself, and you're a bounty hunter. You're dealing kind of on the seedier side of things. And the graphics for this game, all in-engine, it wasn't CG, was just absolutely beautiful and you've never seen a star wars game like this now i'm getting to the downside i kind of referred to earlier it was playing on an nvidia graphics card that's not available to the public at all (laughs) so you're looking at a game that's probably going to be pc only at least until we figure out what the next gen consoles are going to be capable of yeah but with press conferences and stuff they're going to make sure that they throw their games on the highest possible like video card that they can get. Oh yeah. Like even when they do demos of games like on a Xbox, sometimes they're actually running on a PC that's behind the scenes and they're just using the Xbox controller. Like there's some, you know, smoke and mirrors well, that they do. Talking about engine stuff, did you guys see the new engines that were kind of announced or discussed at all? Uh you mean like uh I, what, I, I feel like this for? is more for Paul than you, John, the, I'm sorry. The, what was it? The computer systems, right? Um, no, the actual like graphic engines. Oh yeah, like, I, what didn't, makes... I, I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, it's more of a tech question for Paul. Yeah, for me. So we we saw two trailers for yes. the new engines, uh, Unreal Engine four, and also Square Enix's uh, Luminous, which you just talked to me about before the podcast. Uh, just watch that one. Uh, Unreal Engine 4 I'm a little bit more excited for because it's the most ubiquitous used engine. Yeah, Unreal Engine 3 or the Unreal Engines. Uh, Mass Effect, you know, I love uses that one. Gears of War uses Unreal. A lot of games use the Unreal Engine. Um, some of the big criticisms of the Unreal Engine is, uh, shit mountains and, uh, uh, texture pop-in. Where texture pop in is when you're looking at something and it kind of looks unfocused and suddenly boom, oh, it's into focus. And you've done nothing, like you didn't walk closer to it. There was nothing that you did that make it sharper, but suddenly it's a lot sharper because the texture for that, you know, 
polygon actually got loaded in onto the screen. Um, I, I was trying to show John and you, you two guys uh, an area where I thought that was, but there was a little bit of uh, going back and forth whether or not it was an artistic choice to show. No, no, the camera was just getting in the focus there, or if it was an actual uh, texture pop-in kind of uh, dilemma that was going on in the actual tech demo. Now, if they release a demo, I'm pretty darn sure that wouldn't have that issue. But I was, like, saying, guys, why would they even have an artistic choice of, like, showing, like, texture being loaded in or a zooming in of, of, uh... Because I think somebody would nitpick that's not how, like, if you're... A, a camera, camera would work. Yeah. But you don't need to be confined to a camera in a video <laughs> but, game system. But then why do they have lens flare? Yeah, because they love their lens flare and... I mean, the unreal because that's something a camera does. <laughs> it is, and it's so weird that they put in lens flare and Unreal Engine. They put well, in a ton of lens I, flare. I, I, I mean, it's three different times now. Yeah. yeah, it's at, that that especially that one is all just building atmosphere mm-hmm. Plus, in that world because that's what that was, and that, that's something a real camera does. Is it captures yeah. lens flare? It captures like particles of dust or mm-hmm. water that happen to get splashed on it, and you're seeing a lot more of that. With games, and I remember mm-hmm. one of the very first games that I played that I saw like water getting splashed on the screen, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because that would happen in real life, mm-hmm. and it threw me off. And then I was like, "This is annoying. I don't like it." Yeah, but yeah, I would... I got used to it because more and more games really started to kind of take advantage of that, becoming a more cinematic feel. And I enjoyed the uh, tech demo for the Unreal Engine Four a little bit more than Luminous, um, because it was showing off uh, like basically. Uh, the lava was flowing, and you saw, like, light actually being thrown from the lava. You weren't getting a single point of light, so you were actually... And that takes a lot of tech. It takes a lot of stuff to happen to actually have yeah. light come from things and give more detail to a certain area. Um, I th- and go I, ahead. I think in between the two of those, both of us were using it artistically. Mm-hmm. They were showing that glow because... They said, hey, let's have it glow and show off that stuff. In the Luminous demo, they were just showing candles there. You know, they weren't looking to show the light capturing those things. I think those were things that you were looking for. Right, because it's yeah. a tech demo, so you're well, looking for also, what you can, what that engine can do. But also, you were looking past those to what was going on in the background, which you even said... Oh, I like how they're using the light capturing that vapor. You don't see that a lot. You like the vapor stuff going on. The vapor stuff, the particle effects. Yeah, the particle effects. That's what they were, you were supposed to be looking at. The candles were, you were just passing through that area. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have just, it would have been a pointless thing to have done showing that. I also think the big difference between these two is the Unreal 4, it's more pre-rendered. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, let's show off what these lighting effects can do. While the Luminous one is in-engine. It says that right at the beginning, like, those are going to be the gameplay graphics mm-hmm. that you're able to see as you're playing through, like, the new Final Fantasy game. Because mm-hmm. that's what they use as the example for it. Um, right. If, if those are the new graphics for a Final Fantasy game, holy crap, that'd be amazing. Because even Final Fantasy XIII 2, which was the last one that yeah. came out on the... Xbox. Current gen yeah. systems, I, I want to say next gen air quotes, but they they haven't been next gen in like five six years now. Yeah, five years. Um, well, those games look great. Mm-hmm. This was so far beyond that. This was 
like the next evolution of what you would see in a game like mm-hmm. Uncharted, yeah, like The Last of Us, that that kind of like more cinematic gameplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, like what I was trying to say was, even when we were watching it, was oh, okay. This like remember the last one that was showing off basically lighting defects effects uh and unreal engine 4 when that uh mon- the like the stone monster, stone monster guy, guy comes out of the cave you got that hdl effect of the high density light which is now a term i i don't know what well, I, I don't even know what that means it's what unre- um what resident evil 5 was supposed to be a big uh, was i didn't like resident evil 5 yeah. i never really played it where it was trying to make light you know light moments as scary as the dark moments where a screen will go almost all white and you should be able to still see things in the background almost where when you step out of a really dark room into a light room it's supposed to like simulate that okay to the eye and it did uh in that tech demo you know the lava showing off light you know lens flares stuff like that M- multiple things giving off light in a single area a single scene. And then in the Luminous thing, uh, tech demo, I think that was more showing off particle effects, which has become a bigger deal. Um, where you have things like just floating in the, in, uh, the air. Uh, big thing in Arkham City, Arkham City, Batman Arkham City was the use of a lot more particle effects if you had a physics, uh, engine card, uh, installed on the PC, not included at all in the Xbox or the PlayStation, um, game. Where, you know, there would be a bank, there would be rooms filled with cash that people were trying to steal, and all that cash would then get kicked up into the air and move around and float around. You saw a lot of different items floating around in the Luminous trailer, uh, a lot of the fog and the light, which was awesome, but you didn't see that getting interacted with. Um, particle effects, unfortunately, I think had a little slight rundown. This is how techy I'm gonna get, and how, like, weird, this, I'm going to a weird place, and I'm sorry. You're, you're nerding out. I'm nerding yeah. out. Beyond our uh, points of nerd. The particle effects, uh, I think, really came about with the Crisis 2 engine, where they try to incorporate it a, a lot more. And in some games, they try to increase it with things uh, floating in the sky. And uh, when they tested it, people had a reaction to it and a response to it that uh, because it made them remember 9-11. Because if you think about 9-11, you think about dusting in the sky, uh, this cloud of smoke and just dust coming at people. Like, that's what people really come back to for 9-11, like burnt pieces of paper falling from the sky. So particle effects, I think people kind of stepped a little bit away from it because when they tested it, people had that kind of adverse reaction of remembering 9-11 and hopefully... Maybe this trailer for the Luminous shows that we're kind of getting a little past that now. Never forget, Paul. <laughs> I know. I told you I was turning it out here yeah. about this like thing. It's such a small thing, but it, it also is true. Like people have an I, adverse reaction to that, to yeah, seeing I, that I on never the screen. Seen particle effects and think nine eleven. Can I just right. say I was really annoyed when I turned on the TV and I saw this building smoking because I was like. Fucking mad about you supposed to be on right now. <laughs> you are the only person ever to be upset mad about you wasn't on. I fell in love with that show in reruns. I used to watch it before going to school. Wow. Paul Resser was alright. Yeah. Mad about you. Helen Hunt. It's one where they I, brought in Mabel. I that was hated horrible. it on TV. Reruns? 
Fucking, fucking bizarre. Um, you made me think of that. <laughs> you said 9-11, I think mad about you. How horrible is that? I think particle... You can't let Cousin Iro win. See? <laughs> I think particle facts, I think 9-11. I don't know. What's wrong with me? Jeez. Well, anyways, so, back on topic. But, uh... <laughs> I, what... The biggest complaint I usually have about the Unreal Engine is just kind of how plasticky everything yes. looks. And that's not something you can get from their tech demo from it. Because mm-hmm. it's... Or get away from. Because they don't show off any skin. They don't. And that, I think that's really what the Luminous Engine did well, is yeah. it it showed you actual human people. Like, yeah, they were more yeah. like, characterized, because mm-hmm. it's like a, air quotes, Final Fantasy tech yeah. demo. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like physical attributes are a little bit more exaggerated. Like chins mm-hmm. are a little bit more pointy. That one, like toothless, Eyes are a little lar- that larger. toothless man at the beginning, mm-hmm. like his face is like more wrinkled than anyone's face usually should be. But the hair looked really good. Yeah, like the, like the, the Final the, Fantasy always uh, is always about the hair. They have a lot a lot of focus on the hair, but even like the buildings themselves and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it it looked really good and. It, it's tough to come kind of compare the two to each other mm-hmm. because the I'm sorry Unreal Four One all definitely pre-rendered CG mm-hmm. luminous in engine supposedly so far I I I believe it I don't think mm-hmm. they would put you know in engine uh, if like, they can't back it up and say like no look like this is right well a cutscene can engine, be like here a cutscene can be rendered in engine. Mm-hmm. But still be a cutscene, and there's you don't need, you still don't need the computing power that you would have yeah, like, if it was actually in game. Yeah, because it's not gameplay. actually running the right. whole. But that's you know what I mean. That's what that engine's going to be capable of. Versus, mm-hmm. I mean, on the Final Fantasy front, there's they've a, always had right. really awesome cutscenes, like interstitials in between mm-hmm. stuff that look just awesome and beautiful. Right. And then you actually get the gameplay graphics. I mean, Final Fantasy VII. Well, Final prime, prime example. They had three different companies working on all the different types of cutscenes on that. They, they can throw that their, out there, but then when you get the actual in-game graphics, it's like, oh, okay. There was three different companies working on even, that shit. Even Final Fantasy VIII, though, like, <laughs> it, it really suffered from that, because the that opening cutscene was one of the best things I've ever seen mm-hmm. at that time. And then the graphics, it's like, wow, this looks really, really good, but it was still just... Very pixelated, no yeah. detail at all. Out of pixels. Yep. So going from kind of which that though in the PlayStation like was that still PlayStation One? Yeah, that's still PlayStation One. I was kind of happy to get a pixel, like a lot of pixels on the screen because I thought like Final Fantasy VII a little too much with the polygons. Like everything was so blocky and yeah. Legoy that when we got to Final Fantasy VIII, I kind of enjoyed a little I, bit more being. I, I can't remember somewhere I read. Um, like an interview, but that was actually like a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I saw that now, but that was something that they actually wanted to go for. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad they made that stylistic choice. No. E- either way, I think both of these engines are really good. Like, this is something mm-hmm. that, like, man, I can't wait to have a system that's capable of putting these out, whether it's, you know, pre-rendered CG, like, for cutscenes, mm-hmm. or actual in-game graphics, because... Both of them were absolutely gorgeous. For whatever reason, Unreal is just used constantly. Like I don't know if it's just an easier licensing or I, it's easier to program for, but I think it's I think it's easier programming from what I've 
I've seen or, or mm-hmm. heard. And maybe it's just coming from a Japanese company that it might be harder to get the Luminous just because you got the language barrier barrier in between where, you know, Epic, they speak English. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't want to be, you know, jingophobic or jingoistic. Jingoistic. I don't know. I don't know, you already said you hated 9-11. <laughs> I didn't say that. I think... I hate 9-11. I hate that it happened. <laughs> Are you saying you're happy about messed it, up his, Messed up his mad about you watching. <laughs> um, no, I... I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know why, but, you know, I could see that as being one of the reasons. And I, I think this was really the reason we didn't see anything big from Epic Games even announced, because, yeah, like, this is something that they're putting the work into because this is something that they're going to be able to support and other games are going to use yeah. for years to come. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been running on Unreal 3 for almost a decade now. Yeah. So this this is going to have legs. The Final Fantasy like Luminous engine, yeah, that's really awesome. How but many th- companies are going to use it? That, that's something that you're only going to be seeing really at Square Enix. Like They're mm-hmm. going to be using that for their RPGs. Maybe there are other franchises like they have Tomb Raider... The new Hitman game looks yep. awesome. I think Tomb Raider looks pretty cool. I think... Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, did we, you want to go Hitman? Or um, do you mind if John and I uh, no, wrap we can, on I, I, cause Tomb Raider? I, I wouldn't mind talking about both those games. Because Tomb Raider, they actually showed off a little bit larger of a demo there. Or, you know, cutscene kind of with gameplay. I think they're trying to bring Lara Croft into the survivor horror kind of genre. Which I think is interesting. Um, I think a little bit of that. I think a little bit of... Taking her away from just mm-hmm. her running around shooting she stuff. She was a superhero yeah. before. Like people would say she was a female superhero. And her. I mean you're you got the um She is Uncharted mm-hmm. mixed yeah. mixed a lot with that. And you're you know, it's the It's a Ouroboros right now because you know, Uncharted was Tomb Raider redone. And now Tomb Raider is now doing the Uncharted redone. Yeah. yeah. It is a snake Which, that eats itself. But when I, was, I first got a Sega Saturn, first game I had was Tomb Raider. And I played that, and I played Tomb mm-hmm. Raider 2 and Tomb Raider 3. I've always, like... I'm so sorry that you got a Sega Saturn. I've always talked to people about Uncharted being like, oh, it's like a more cinematic Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, like, oh, Tomb Raider, action-adventure, mm-hmm. puzzles... Okay, I, I understand that. It it makes sense. I think it's great that Tomb Raider's going more towards that Uncharted look and feel, though, instead of like, hey, I'm Lara Croft, I'm jumping 12 feet in the air doing backward somersaults, firing off my twin Uzis. And killing a uh, stone creature. Stone creature or a T-Rex, because you do kill the T-Rex. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit in that game. This this might be the first Tomb Raider game that I actually buy. I've never bought any of them. I've only ever played demos or like borrowed them from people. Yeah, I've uh, enjoyed the Tomb Raider franchise, but like, you know, you definitely see her depowered. It's her struggling to survive in this. Uh, you also see her not have a weapon for most of the scene, and when she does pick it up, it's a bow and arrow, something not quite powerful to kill the legions and legions of people that she normally kills in the Tomb Raider game. Yeah, and I, I think aside from the Xbox download, mm-hmm. it's been years since you've had an actual Tomb Raider game. Well, that's their that was their marketing split, where you were going to have Lara Croft games be, you know, the downloadable puzzle games, where you were going to get a lot of the puzzle elements that you're used to, uh, and it was basically just the puzzles, and then 
they were going to create these Tomb Raider games that were going to be more action-adventure and take away the puzzle uh, stuff that you would get. So, Lorecroft, puzzle, Tomb Raider, action. But I think, Uncharted, both. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I've been... I think I was like 17, maybe the last time I played a okay. Tomb Raider game, and this is a game that I would definitely think about either picking up new or wait until it dropped in price and, and definitely grabbing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think this looks awesome. Um, Not to kind of shift away, because I know we did kind of throw it out to talk about Hitman, but this is something right up there with the um, PS3 Last of Us. That, that's a game that's like, wow, I definitely want to check that out. Last uh, of Us by Naughty, Naughty Dog? Dog, who does the Uncharted, Uncharted games, games, which... That's why it's easy to kind of make that jump between them. So. I was following you there. I was just um, making sure our audience also followed. We saw a little bit more from that game, and that's... I already have that game reserved. Like, that's a game that's like, oh, man, I, I want to pick that up so we can go hang out with Randy <laughs> and just, like, you know, get subs or pizza and, like, sit there and play because... The, what is The Last of Us? Let's explain The Last that of Us a is bit. a uh, post-apocalyptic adventure... Um, there's this bizarre disease spread by ants that's basically mutating people. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of a man who's in his 40s who kind of remembers how the world used to be before things went to shit. And a teenage girl who this is the world that she grew up in. It's basically their survival story. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth? Yeah. Jasper and Sweet Tooth from oh. Jeff Lemire. Ah. Uh, Chris, on Facebook, you said you were enjoying it because of Jeff Lemire. Now you got to know all of his work. I, I Get on it. I, I like Justice League Dark. Apparently, that means I have to be an expert yeah, on Jeff Lemire. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I think Chris is in the same boat of, uh, as me that we reviewed Sweet Tooth for the number one for the podcast. That was it. Haven't touched it since. <laughs> well, uh, guys, since you now like uh, Justice League Dark with I Jeff know. Lemire, you guys got to step up your game. Oh, that's a comic book discussion. We're, we're in video game mode now. Don't, <laughs> oh, sorry. don't take me out of it. I'm Not, focusing. I mixed emotions about Justice League Dark. I um, well, Paul and I will maybe. Well, I, we'll we'll get top. We could <laughs> do a bag and board bike. That, that's coming back. Yeah. Who knew? Those are back. Check us out over on YouTube. It's been a year. We're, we're bagging They're board. Back. Almost a year. Um, <laughs> that was a horrible pour. No, but this, we got laptops now. We got technology <laughs> and the internet back. This, we can this, do shit. This game does look. It looks awesome. What it was probably about like six months ago yeah. where you got your first kind of look at this, and yeah, it it looks stunning. And yeah, it'd be a great another night yeah, to do that, over that at, was a fun at night. Randy's, um, which is it's like. Four is this, of us, and we just trade off the controller anytime anyone dies. Is this PS3 exclusive? This is PS3 exclusive. Naughty Dog exclusive on PS3. Okay, which was the studio Insomniac? Is there the? Is that the studio? Insomniac's the one that's. Um, they did. Oh, what did they do? They did Resistance. They did Resistance. They did the Sly Cooper. Sly, yeah, Sly Cooper, and okay. they're doing uh, Overstrike, which is coming out, which we talked about last year. Yeah, and they're the one that's is no longer. PS3 exclusive. Yeah, they're no longer exclusive. I always get Naughty Dog Insomniac confused. Um, because then there's the other one which still is Sucker Punch who does the infamous uh, game. Infamous games. Um, but kind of circling back now because we mentioned it before and I do want to talk about it. Um, Hitman Absolution. Mm -hmm. Um, I had Hitman 2 for the PlayStation 2 and I loved that game. Um, their big marketing thing for Hitman is now the original assassin kind of trying to steal that thunder and, you know, from Assassin's Creed. Whatever they can from Assassin's Creed, because those games are getting bigger and bigger. 
Um, and better and better. Solution looking awesome. Uh, the engine that they're actually using able to support 500 people in one area at a time while you're kind of meandering about through them. Yeah, but uh, damn it, I knew I had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, also, a PlayStation Zipper. Zipper Entertainment that did yeah, uh, not, not the SOCOM games. Yeah, it is SOCOM. Not the best. They also had a game where they could support massive amount of people in the same game. And uh, what was the game that actually came out where the multiplayer was all focused on it? It wasn't a SOCOM game. Mag? Mag. Massively action game. Yeah. Mag game, which would be a football team, which would... Where... There, yeah, you had a that bunch was, of people together. That but, was all online only, though. Uh-huh. Like, it was 32 or 64 player online matches. No, no, it was yeah. larger than 64. That was it. Really? Yeah. Or, okay, because you had a lot of people, and they you would basically, you would be in a section, and you would have to do all these things, and they would get filtered down to a smaller section and a smaller section until you won that map, I guess. Yeah. But they were toting... 120 people. But, I mean, all it's doing the same basically thing. it's the equivalent of an MMO at that it point. It was 64 versus 64, correct? That's what I, I think so. it was. So it was 120 people. Yeah. Now you're telling me there's going to be a system where they support 500 yeah, I people. Mean, the the uh, one demo that they had was actually like in the streets of like China, mm-hmm. where you're Agent 47 just walking through the streets, and there's just people all around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, controlled John, by I know players. You pl- no, it's it's all okay. Okay, well, it's that's all the like difference AI. That yeah. is definitely the difference between Mag yeah. and this. Okay, never. Mind. So I mean, all those people are just like on their own thinking, mm-hmm. like because um, I know you played Assassin's Creed. I don't know if you really messed around with it at all. I've Paul. played Assassin's Creed one, finished it, you, you'd did have, the whole game. You'd uh, have a lot of people on the streets there, but it was never like shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like this one, it's. Like crazy amounts of people as you're like walking through them. And this also makes me want to get back into the Hitman series. Yeah, I hate the fact that, you know, I never played any of the ones after two. Well, you know what? You didn't have to because what they did is they made it more like, um, Tomb Raider. You were jumping up and climbing. So you mean they made it more like Uncharted? Yeah. Because you were (laughs) shimmying across things. You had to get to different places. It wasn't about, you gotta go kill this man and, Oh, you can dress up as the milkman. You know, you had these points that you had to follow to kill a guy, which was the fun of the game. All of a sudden, you're jumping and shimmying and okay. crawling on this ledge and getting up, and then you get the gun, and then you shoot the guy. Like, it, it, it became not Hitman, but Hitman Tomb Raider, where I'm looking forward to it being back more the Hitman, like sneaking in, you know. You had to hide your guns. Yeah. Five minutes, ten minutes before you even got into the building to finally get them to sneak up, choke a guy, take his clothes, walk up to the guy, hand him the poison champagne. You know, like, it was just, like, so many things you could do to get to that point. And I'm, I'm, it's awesome to see that, again, at such an extreme level of what you can do with it now. I'm, I didn't know they really got away from that. I'm glad that they're going back to it now because... That's what I really liked about Hitman is trying to be like, okay, I'm going to hide my guns in this shopping bag. 
I'm going to kill the grocery delivery guy yeah. that's driving up that I wouldn't know he was driving up unless I stood by the gate there for like 10 minutes <laughs> and just watch and then him I'm going to take his then I'm going to take his clothes go in through the side entrance by the kitchen and sneak up that way mm-hmm. and then I keep trying it I can't do it fuck it I'm just going to run in guns blazing <laughs> and then kill the guy yeah cuz I that's what that game did really well is like if you wanted to try to be stealthy covert get in and out nobody knew you were there you can and if not you have the ability to go crazy and uh that kind of also brings up the new um can i talk about hitman oh i'm sorry like Hitman's... did you play hitman i no okay <laughs> i i didn't know if you were allowed to no I I, i'm not played... no i'm not i'm not saying that to make fun like because you couldn't play Resident Evil. I was not allowed to play Resident Paul, Evil. Paul had a younger sister growing I up. I always had younger siblings growing up, and mature-rated games. So don't blame it on on Patrick. I, I think it was all because of your younger sister. Yeah, but, Who you know. Who is the coolest of your family? Uh, I'm not going to say on the podcast, because I don't know if they want to be mentioned. I didn't say anything about him. I just said that the coolest. Podcast Patty reviewed us, <laughs> and you said that it was your brother, so I'm allowed to mention his name. I don't know if that was my brother. It wasn't my brother. No, you said it was. Why called Padcast? Podcast Patty. No, I never I'm pretty did. sure you did. No. Oh, maybe I uh, was half listening. <laughs> I think you were. Were you pulling a me? I'm pretty sure. I was. That's the second time this week. I'm pretty sure we're going to get an email now telling us exactly who Podcast thought, Patty was. I thought you said that was your brother. No. Has oh. your brother rate and reviewed us? No. <laughs> Does he know we do a podcast? You have a horrible not. brother. Your one listens all the time. I met him in a donut oh, shop and he was. He was Ryan going, does. Yeah. Ryan. Yes. Ryan. Wait, now you're. <laughs> You shouldn't say his name. Right. Paul does not have a a brother named Brian. <laughs> that is true. I don't have a brother named Brian. Uh, but yes, I'm sorry. You could talk about Hitman. I didn't. I uh, didn't no. know you wanted to. Uh, no. All I wanted to say is Hitman has always been that game that I thought would be a lot of fun to if I had a group of friends that was were also playing Hitman to then like do the game and talk about like how we did each one because that is one game where you can. Each level, everybody could tackle it differently. Like we did with Dragon Age, kind of like, yeah. oh, what did you do? Oh, uh-huh. I did this. You did that? I did this. What happened? Yeah. Because Dragon Age was a game we all decided we could play, unlike Mass Effect. I'm sorry, I didn't like uh, the first one. I, know. I tried. Paul, I decided I didn't like it, and then I went back and tried to continue because I was like, Paul really likes this. Maybe I'll just give it a shot. And then, like, everyone I talked to was like, oh, yeah, just play two. <laughs> Uh, and I watched I watched Chris play it, and Chris go, I think you would like this. And then I played the beginning of it, and then I was like, I don't like this. You know who? You know what else I saw that I uh, talked to you about, and also said I think maybe John would like this. What the trip? Oh, <laughs> it's so British. I thought he would like it. Well, I do love British things, and the humor was just that, so quirky. That not so much. Yeah. But uh, but we did do a Michael Keenan. We did do a lot of Michael Keenan impersonations when we went to Boston. (laughs) But that was because of (laughs) because a holy musical Batman. (laughs) (laughs) But the two they 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 interlocked. But Hitman Paul. (laughs) Yeah, that's what. Just because it it would be, I would definitely want to play it if we all agreed we would play it, and if we like talked about each level, like how we tackled it different, because that's interesting to me. Like figuring out what you could only dress up like the milkman. I I think it would like, be one of those cool. moments where it's like, hey, what'd you do for this mission? Uh, what did you do in that one again? Oh yeah, I 
think I did it this way. Cause okay, I, if I had friends that actually had a memory. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they what, couldn't remember shit. Is, is I would do, be a lot of fun. You do so many missions differently. John, John I need you to you know keep a I journal. Step up keep, your game. <laughs> step saying, up your game and we, keep a journal for we, Hitman. We've had we've had we we've, we've we've played those games like that. Like Chris and I played L.A. Noir, and it would be like. Did you get this? No, I totally got this. And, I mean, it was so different enough. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, hey, do you remember this case? And you'd be like, remind me. Ellie Noir was different, though, because every case was basically the same. It started off with you finding a naked woman who had been dead. That's creepy. <laughs> but what else do we have from E3? Uh, but I was going to say the new um, Splinter Cell game. Yes. Which, with the um, the connect, the voice commands that you could do in it. Now that I mean, and I wanted to tie that into like the um, into the uh, the hitman, like yeah, doing covert kind of action, like, just like that, and in doing those, I've played two of of those games, and I have like them. The last one I played, and then I found another game, I was playing that, and then I tried to go back to it, and I was like, I don't remember my mission or what to do, how to play this game. I, but this one just looks, and they said, like, it takes time to get, your, you know, Sam Fisher to the point where you can hop over the fence, grab the guy, use him as a human shield, take out two guys, and then break his neck, all in a fluid motion. And that's a lot what they were saying, is, like, just this fluid motion in this game... And then with the connect using these voice commands, like saying, Sally, now, and then the missile's coming down. Or going, hey, you. And the character going, huh? And turning and walking to that point, which is really cool. I played the first uh, Splinter Cell game, and I I loved it, because it reminded me so much of Metal Gear Solid, which I also loved. And then I finally hit a spot where I just couldn't go any further, and I had rented it from Blockbuster, and I was like, I have to return this, I'm done with it, whatever. And I never went back. But it was always one of those franchises that I always wanted to revisit because it's just so cool. And I was watching the like trailer, demo, whatever, for Blacklist, and there was a part where he's, like, Sam Fisher's out on the street. Mm-hmm. He's, like, up against, like, a barricade, reaches over, grabs a guy, pulls him over, snaps his neck, and I was like, I want to play this game. It was just one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is something I want to check out. I enjoyed uh, the demos or the videos for the last one. where Conviction? Yeah, where they would give you all the story elements, like, on, painted on the background, like, as you were moving through. Like, it would just, like, pop up, like, what, what your target was and stuff like that. How it would put in the... Uh, Story devices went right into the gameplay, so it wasn't taking you out of the game. Uh, we didn't really see that in this video. We just saw him kicking ass and taking <laughs> names. That's enough for me. Uh, I enjoy a, you know, a Metal Gear Solid game where you can actually play. Because you don't need to set down the controller for 45 minutes <laughs> and watch a damn trailer. <laughs> or watch a damn video. That, for... See, that's why I... Loved and hated about Metal Gear. Um, you felt like you were being rewarded with that did. forty-five minute Metal Gear Solid ending three Snake Eater. I beat it before I had to go to work, and I was watching the final like movie cutscene, and I was like, "All right, I gotta, I have to go to work in half an hour." <laughs> you were yeah, late. I, I have to leave the house in like five minutes. Like, 
it's still going. I had to shut off my system because I was like, I, I, I'm going to be late for work. This sucks. And I did get there late. And then I got home and I was like, okay, I need to rebeat the final boss to see the ending. And like the final movie goes on for like an hour. <laughs> I was like, really? But that's, that's, that's metal awesome. Gear. Like, yeah, that's, that's Kojima, right? Yeah. Uh, Hideo Kojima. Kojima. Like, it's, that's what I love about that because it is so cinematic. And sometimes I realize that I really, like, how's that going to help me? <laughs> That's Kojima, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not going to... I can have you know a job what? interview <laughs> tomorrow. That is not going to help not, me. Not cool, Hideo. Not cool. But you know what? Thanks you you paid You paid money for a game that you... I didn't pay it. Well, I'm just... The thing I'm, is, I never played a Metal Gear game. I still know Kojima made Metal Gear. I don't know why I know that. I just do. <laughs> but he's one of like the, the, the yes, big name producers. Yeah, you got to know it. If you're a video game fan, you kind of have to know it. <laughs> but why do we have to know it? I don't know. Does he, does he have to, Paul? You're a video game fan. <laughs> no. You answered your own question. <laughs> it's the snake that eats itself. We got Tomb Raider becoming you know, Uncharted. Uncharted that is trying, and then Tomb Raider becoming Uncharted. It is just blowing my mind right now. My head hurts, so I'm going to sit in the corner. <laughs> he took his beer with him, guys. His... <laughs> the funniest thing is, when he was doing that rant, I started laughing because his headphone popped out of his ear. And then he, he just puts it back in like nothing happened. <laughs> and he's laughing with his back to us. <laughs> Podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> um, I think the, the, the really... I think the biggest thing that I saw that came out of this was Xbox getting the internet and also connecting with either your tablet or your phone. Yeah, smart, smart glass. glass. Which I, I think is the the biggest thing out of that. And also the company using, aside from PlayStation having their, what, the, the Vista, their the Vita, Vita. Vita. Mm-hmm. but actually using people's... I- Smartphones or mm-hmm. iPads effectively with their systems. Not only yeah. is it a Windows mobile, it is going to be on the iPhone and Android devices also. And not only just PlayStation, but look at the tablet that they're coming out with the Wii U. Like, yeah, a touchscreen, big yeah. old tablet. It's even larger than the prototype that they had out. It's a more of a widescreen version, but like, I think this is a smarter way to do it because I'm like, oh, great, they're getting the internet. I'm going to have to sit there and try to type on my controller? Yeah. Or will I have to buy the texting type thing for $30? And oh, no, smart glass. I'll be able to pull out my phone and just use that. And don't and forget Connect compatibility with that, too, though. With Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of things. Connect's been out for over a year. Mm-hmm. A year almost and a half now. Yeah, almost. And YouTube app, no voice recognition. Netflix app, still no voice recognition. So yeah, it's there. Connect. Yeah, this support. You know is what? There, but I, I, I imagine that it's all going to fall in line soon with this because the ticking time bomb is the next generation console, though. Yeah. Like, and, okay, and, we're and finally that, going to get support two years after the next Xbox is out. And here's like, and here's the thing, I'm lazy as shit. Mm-hmm. I would buy a Connect just to be like Xbox, Netflix. Well, you can do that. X-Blacks, Supernatural. Just when you get into Xbox. Episode 7. 
And yeah, you can't just do it inside the Netflix I, app. I feel like that might be something more on Netflix or YouTube side than anything else because they did say for this one, it'll be like Xbox being action movies. Mm-hmm. And it will have that like connectivity, but like yeah. in it all, which because that's Microsoft wants to support it. And I was actually talking to someone a couple of days ago. Actually, no, it was last week now. It was like, yeah, Microsoft needs to put out a handheld system. And I was like, they have one. It's called Windows Mobile Phones. <laughs> because you can download yeah. Xbox Arcade games, play it on your Windows Mobile Phone, and this is the next step of that. They don't want to sell you a, like a handheld system for 250 bucks. They want to sell you a phone yeah. that you're going to be able to use for everything. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how many times have, I mean, you've been on your phone while watching a movie or Absolutely. anything. Your phone is always with you. And now mm-hmm. I can scroll, I can type in. I don't need to I buy a new zoom. keyboard. That's all Exactly. I'm and I love to say that a keyboard does not belong in the living room. And that's what Xbox is saying. And, and, and they're probably And that's yeah. what Xbox said. They said that exactly. It does not belong in the keyboard. And it doesn't belong on your wrist. Yeah. Right? They still think you can strap on your wrist and type in it. Yeah. I would never spend the money for that. No. I have already spent my money on my phone. I can do everything with that. I can't <laughs> wait till fall when this hits. My mm-hmm. my Android phone has voice recognition. Like if I want ever want to search something, I can just hit the microphone, say it. There you go. There we go. Yeah, I think that was the coolest thing, and I think it shows what Nintendo is lacking. Like I, Nintendo is. I like, do want to talk about Nintendo because we haven't yet, and. Yeah. This is probably the best time ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. And what what Xbox almost did, I think, in just a way, is overshadow what Nintendo wants to do. Mm-hmm. But they did it with something that you already have with a system you already have. Yeah. I I kind of I just want to throw this in there quick. Um, something else I want to talk about quick because it's something that I should be crazy awesome excited for, but I can't get behind it. Is the Wonder Book. For the Book of Spells. Did you guys see that? No. Go ahead. It's for PlayStation 3. It uses the PlayStation Move technology. Um, it's actually a Harry Potter spell book that it's almost like a game. Kind of like mm-hmm. Pottermore. It's actually going to have Pottermore interconnectivity where you're going through, you're learning the spells, how those spells were created. Okay. And you have to cast them to continue on. Using the, the Using wands. the uh, PlayStation Move motion controller as your wand to actually cast them. As soon as this was announced, everyone that I knew was like, oh my god, Chris, you have to be so excited for it. And part of me is. Mm-hmm. It's Harry Potter. It's video games. It's Pottermore. New uh, stuff written by and created by J.K. Rowling just for mm-hmm. this. And that, Diggs that's Nightcrawler. Like, which awesome. is an awesome name. That's that's so sweet. But I don't want to have to buy a PlayStation Move camera. I don't want to have to buy the motion controller. I don't want to have to buy this Wonder Book. Well, the which place- is basically just like it's an opening folding tablet mm-hmm. that's going to work almost like an AR card. Okay. I don't want to have to buy add-ons for add-ons to play one game. And that's kind of how I was talking to people. I was like, yeah, it's cool. If it was oh. just a game that I could buy, I'd be all Chris, about it. Chris, it's not just for spellcasting. It's also for poem reading. Uh, I'll, I'll read all well, of them. But, and the thing is, is what you spend all this money just to play one game. Like well, I the said, PlayStation Eye, you know, 
works for multiple games. Well, yeah, you know, it's, I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm just, at I'm, Chris, I would only use yeah. it for Williams, that. He would buy all of this just to play one game, and he and he's saying like it? it's it's not it's not that worth like half it, of me is like eh. if they drop the PlayStation Move stuff. By half the price. If I can pick up the camera for twenty bucks, I can buy a motion controller for twenty five, thirty. Mm-hmm. I'd think about it. If the like the Wonder Book itself comes out for under, if it's like sixty bucks bundled with the game, mm-hmm. okay, I I drop my tax return on that, but not for current pricing yeah. and how much things could be. And, and also, I just to throw this out there, how much you have a PlayStation Three? Yes. How many games have you bought for it? One, DCU online. Because <laughs> you and bought Uncharted Three. I bought Uncharted Three. We have a PlayStation Three. Both of us have only bought one game. In the same time that you've bought that one game, how many games for the Xbox I'm, have you bought? I got my PlayStation. I'm going to buy Unfinished Lawn. Can <laughs> <laughs> come over and play it. So each have bought one game for PlayStation. 3. One downloadable game. Um, Which honestly, I would have. I paid for it too. I've bought maybe like one Xbox game a month. Maybe like one every other month since that came out, like or since I bought the PlayStation like a year ago. So, would it be worth it to you even look into buying all that equipment to play one game that you know that you'll never use for another game? I I, I can't justify it, and that that makes me sad to say because I I love Harry Potter. But with, what if they say? But, but go ahead. If this was coming out, it's all about me. Both everyone's looking at me. If this was coming out for Xbox. Oh, if it was for Xbox, I could justify it because I am a more active Xbox gamer. I just, I like the platform more. Yeah. But oh. JK Rowling's on make.believe. Yeah. Uh, the Pottermore website is on make.believe. It, it's all done with Sony. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to ask, oh, what was I going to ask? Well, where you, way to go, John. Uh, I'm sorry. No, he no. was trying to step over my point. <laughs> yeah, no. No, your point was valid and legally good. Um, what if they said, I remember it now. What if Yay. the PlayStation Move was going to be compatible with the PlayStation, uh, I'm going to put it in air quotes, 4? Honestly, even then, no. You wouldn't like, even buy the I, stuff I, for the next to generation? Be, to be honest, I got my PlayStation 3 for free from where I work. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was a giveaway. I got, I got it just because. Xbox, I put the money towards because, hey, do you guys have Xboxes? Ed, Scott, Matt, everyone I know mm-hmm. has an Xbox. That's who I play games with. When it comes to PlayStation, I have two PlayStation Network friends. Um, one of the people I work with, and Aaron from Confessions of a Movie Snob. I haven't played any games with Aaron. Like he pops up on my in my corner, saying like, "Hey, he's online." Oh, mm-hmm. he just left. Like that's hey, it. Because he, I mean. Because he's a movie fanatic, he got the PlayStation because he wanted to use it as a dual Blu-ray, Blu-ray player. player. It was the cheapest Blu-ray player on the market when it first came out, and that's and that's that's how he. Kind it was of, the cheapest and also the best. I don't want to say cheap as in like it was the cost-effective. Yeah, and, it was. I mean, that's kind of like how he sold it. And then he said, like, "What hey, What games are great?" And I was like, "Oh, I really like Dead Island." He goes, "Oh, I can get that for this. Do you play it on?" PlayStation, like, no, I played on Xbox. Yeah. It's like, uh... yeah. But, you know, Chris, you got the Xbox and put money into the Xbox because your social network was on the Xbox. Yeah. 
Nintendo was trying to get yeah, There we go. I was, I was wondering how we are going to get back on track. <laughs> Nintendo uh, was trying to get on it with the Miiverse uh, version, social network, I guess, for your, not only your Wii U, but also your, for your, uh, 3DS. You know, it'll show all your friends there. But I, I think they have to get on top of the social networking aspect of gameplay, not just like, hey, I'm going to type in your 16 digit long friend code. Because it's so prohibitive to just playing like, oh, what's your name on Xbox Live? Oh, who are you on PlayStation Network? Cool, I'll add you, we'll play. I'll send you a message and then you can accept me. No, on Nintendo, you gotta have your friend's 16-digit code and they have to have yours and you both have to put it in together somewhat at the same time during a blue moon on the (laughs) 32nd day of the month. When you're bloodbending. That's an Avatar reference, guys. (laughs) Get on it. Uh, (laughs) But... You know, that's the thing with, and now they're trying to step up and get onto it. And they're trying to make the handheld device, still trying to make the handheld device work with the actual, uh, living room device, which they were trying ever since the connectivity of the GBA with the GameCube. GameCube. Like some of the Pokemon games would work. Some, and also, uh, Zelda the Four Swords, okay. which is the one I always think of. And also, there was an, like Resident Evil, I think, had some connectivity, and also uh, some of the Madden games. But I, I really do think that Microsoft showed them up with a with smart smart glass. And I think, I mean, they're falling behind again. Like they like. I, like I, I don't want to put the GameCube down, but N sixty four was when they really fell behind. N sixty four and like the GameCube semi, you know, semi was Next. like the thing to have. But if you like Super Smash, Bros. we the we for some reason like blew up and blew up crazy with people for Wii Sports, and then all of a sudden, you know, it 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 kind of tapered down. And they're putting all this stuff into a system that I just don't think people are they going to really... want to are going to want to get. The thing with the Wii U, their tagline for it is "Better Together." Mm-hmm. They want you to kind of carry through with what they set up with the Wii. It's a Twitch system. You have friends over. You have family together. You're going to play a game together. They want you to do that. Their big news for it at E3 was, "Hey." You can now use two of the Wii U pads with it. Thing about that is it drops the frame rate from 60 FPS down to 30 as soon as you use two of those pads. Most games, though, are in 30 uh, uh, frames per second, so you can't really they're, be like... But the, they're really trying to... High-end shooters need to be in uh, 60 frames per, cent, uh, per second, and maybe some racing games. But most racing games are in 30, except for, I think, Burnout. Which on only on the PS3 was 60 games per second, and then on the Xbox was 30 games uh, frames per second. With the Wii U, Nintendo's really trying to court those hardcore gamers, though. They are going for the hey, okay, your Boy. kids have grown up, they're done with the Wii, they're moving on to PS3 or Xbox 360 to play those shooters. Mm-hmm. We want them to say like, oh, I'm done with my Wii, I'm going to pick up the Wii U next. Mm-hmm. The, the big games that they announced for it, Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, which the only big thing about that is when you shift into detective mode, you use the Wii U pad to look around instead oh. of an analog stick to move your camera. Almost like an AR. Yeah. Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. Darksiders 2. 
those are games that have all already been out for at least a couple months. Well, in a year. New, in a new Mario Brothers. Which looks just like the one that came out on the Wii in years ago. In that you have to play with a clumpy controller. The only game that they showed off that was like, oh, cool, is the Zombie U game, which was their zombie killing game. And it, but even that is like, no, because also they confirmed, they didn't say anything about release date or price. It's still just holiday 2012. Yeah. In Japan. In Japan, battery life on those Wii U pads, three to six hours, which could go down depending on gameplay. Yeah, which means if you're actually using the touchscreen on it, it's going to be closer to three if you're lucky to get three. And those hardcore gamers that they're going after are going to be the guys that are sitting there for, you know, four hours playing Call of Duty. But they're not going to play that on that controller. But that, but that's who they're going for, though. Yeah, but they're not going to play it on that game. So they're, they're going to, Play with their classic controller. Nintendo yeah. wants you to use that Wii U pad. The Wii U pad only makes sense if you're trying to get an asymmetrical gameplay, where you have what? Okay, asymmetrical gameplay play seems like a really cool idea. You have people over at the on your couch. It's like uh, during the Mario Party, where you have one person doing the one thing in the Mario in in the mini game for the Mario Party, and everybody else is doing something else. Now, imagine that one person being, like, the game master with that gamepad, and they're able to, I don't know, draw objects that will fall on them, or I'm not a, I'm not the game designer. Yeah. But that would be cool to get asymmetrical. You have the game that you're seeing on the gamepad that is completely different than everybody else is seeing on, on the big television, and you're playing your game, which is against the other three people, that's what that gamepad should be used for, it, but they're missing the point. They're with their own system. They're missing the point with their own system. And and I and just to throw this out there, when was the last time you turned your Wii on? That's an invalid question. Why are you even it's asking? Been, That's it's silly. Been, it's, That's, it's, 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 it's been a year. So yeah, there's people, but that doesn't matter. People aren't playing yeah. those Wii Party games anymore. Here, here's the thing, Paul. Just... Considering I that had maybe a Wii party in a year. What if okay, Mass Effect Three had come out on? We hang out here all the time. I know, but Mass we haven't Effect, had a Wii party. Okay, Mass Effect ahead. Three had come out on the Wii or the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. What's the sim? What do you have bought it on? Well, you know it's going. No, no, I I don't know. I'm I gotta, just asking you that okay. question straight well, up. Straight up. Where's my imported Paul, save file? I Paul, I'm just asking you, where's, what, which system would you have picked it up I on? I have to import my save file for Mass Effect 2, which I played on Mass, which I played on Xbox. Okay. I didn't play it on PC, right, so I didn't buy it for PC. Just, but what did I think? Just, let's <laughs> just say that for some crazy reason, you can get your save files to the Wii. Yeah, but the Wii is a, Lesser powered system, the graphics aren't as good, and also the control <laughs> mechanism isn't as good either. Okay, either for that game. game. Now, but you're still gonna be, now you're gonna be using that pad for Mass Effect 4. They've announced it, Paul Bioware, Mass Effect 4. We can import your Xbox 360 saves. Depends what? on what I can do with that pad. The, if, the, if I can do all the same stuff with a smart glass, trademarked by Xbox, then I'll probably do it on the smart glass because it which, just makes more sense. Which I do I just want to put this out there like they were showing with the Halo 4. Yeah. Halo I mean Halo 4, you got to a certain point of the game, it would connect to you to your phone to say, hey you unlocked this point. You could look up 
the structure that you're about to yeah. go into. You could have a map. It could show you points of interest. It could tell you all this different stuff. You could do all this different stuff on your phone, almost play a whole new game, get a whole new in-touch part of the game in a paused section because your phone just went off, which if your phone went off while you're playing a game, you would probably yeah, pause you, you and, check. and check. You paused and anyways. Oh, I got an email. Oh, I got a text. Oh, hey, I just unlocked this whole new thing. Oh, I need, I know now that I need to get down to level three of this spaceship because there's this locked room that's going to have something cool. Or I know that, oh, if I go down here and save so-and-so, I'm going to get an achievement. And it's something that it's just... Xbox just pulled the carpet out from under Nintendo and just just really, really showed them up. It's actually funny that you use Halo 4 as an example, too, because one of my friends, Ethan, actually had a chance to go out there for E3 and had some heads-on time playing Halo 4. Um, he did some of the multiplayer. Ethan, um, you can check him out over at attackofthefanboy.com, did a really cool write-up about the regicide mode that he played. But I think what you're going to be getting from the Wii U is, hey, you have the pad, your mini-map's going to be displayed on this pad here instead of up in the corner. Like You'll be able to look down maybe plot a point on it that way. Are you talking about the VMU from uh, Dreamcast right now? Honestly, as soon as Nintendo announced the Wii U and they showed that pad, I was like, oh, it's basically a bigger VMU. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I thought. So, I think finally, after five years of saying that the Wii's demise is, will come soon, the Wii's demise actually come. And we're now predicting it for the Wii U also. I think as soon as you start having your big announcement be games that have been out for months... That yep. the core audience you're going after has already played? Mm -hmm. Yes. It, done. And has there been a date for the system's release? Holiday. No. Hol holiday. Holiday. Nope. No okay. price point. So then these games have been out for almost a year to a year. Yeah. Arkham City will be out for a year and two months. Holiday. 2012. Yeah. And longer for North America release. So, yeah. I mean, you're already, you, you're already behind the game, so they, the, the the game, game of the year edition. <laughs> exactly. You, you're you already late to the show. You know? mm -hmm. You're know, you not fashionably late anymore. You're just late and everyone's left already. They've, they've been late for months now, too, where after development companies have gotten their hands on the kits mm -hmm. to start working on games, where the companies said, like, oh, yeah, it's about as powerful as the current-gen systems or, like, um... Gearbox, who did one of our favorite Sportland, said, like, yeah, it's it's less powerful than the Xbox or the PS3. Like, as soon as the developers of the yeah. games have come out and said, like, oh, yeah, it's close to what you're getting now. No, the like, Xbox and Sony, they're already working on their next-gen systems. We've, we've seen what they want to do with the graphics. We've talked about it on this episode. <laughs> right. But oh, what was the lifeblood of the Wii? The PlayStation 2. It was developers still developing for the PlayStation 2, and they're like, oh, this is easy to port to the Wii. And, but he, we just add some motion control, and, and there he, we go. Here we are, five years later, and now still it's, working 
on like that same system. And that's what's and working fun. towards what's been out for five six years. And now the lifeblood for the Wii U will be the Xbox and the PlayStation Three. And as long as Microsoft and PlayStation and Sony doesn't come out with their new gen system, then the Wii U will probably be okay for the third party developers because they can just easily port it over. I I think they're expecting to capture Lightning twice, and for some reason, I'm not, well, I think a lot of it you know why. The Wii did so well, and especially in the beginning, is it was so hard to come by. If you were just walking through a store and you saw one, people would just grab and be like, "There's, there's a Wii. You can't get them," and they would mm-hmm. get them. It was a crazy supply and demand. They made you want to get it. And we like used to have the highest install base. Nintendo mm-hmm. could kind of tout that, like, "Yeah, more homes have a Wii than any other system." Right after E3, Xbox announced, yeah, over 7 million Xboxes in homes. Microsoft now has, I don't want to say like the best-selling system, but the highest customer base right. of any of the current-gen systems. In the United States. PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. Xbox, Nintendo. Like, they have... The highest install base. The, high, the highest, like, hey, you have a system, it's most likely going to be a Microsoft system. Versus something which I think... Nintendo should really focus more on handheld. Nintendo, I feel, should just cut console ties. Go Sega, maybe develop for other companies. Put Mario out there like Sonic. Like, hey, you have an Xbox? Get the new Mario game. Oh, you have PlayStation? Get the new Mario game. Just do handheld. Mm-hmm. Focus on that. License it out. Because what did they announce for the 3DS? Uh, a remake of both Star Fox <laughs> and also a remake for, uh, you know... No, no, uh, when they first announced the 3DS, it was, the biggest things were the remakes for both Ocarina of Time and also for Star Fox 64. You know, it was just kind of crazy. And one of the things that... And also a new, what, uh... A Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. Yeah. That piqued my interest in it mm-hmm. because I remember as a six, seven-year-old playing that on my Nintendo and seeing it in my fucking cartoon. PlayStation Vita. Captain N was awesome, dude. Yeah. Is that um, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The cartoon? Okay. Um, PlayStation, what did we get from the Vita? What was Soul Calibur for the Vita? PlayStation Battle Royale, which is basically Smash Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. And like I've played I don't know what they announced for E3 for either of these two I, I was watching I was not pay attention to handhelds anymore. I was looking for it because I was like, okay, Nintendo's new system, no release date. They have to be supporting the one that they have out now. Mm-hmm. PlayStation, no new console. They just put out the Vita a few months ago. They've got to be supporting that. What What are we shooting for? What's the be like, oh man, I don't have a Vita. I don't have a 3DS. Can what you do transfer? I need to get it? Can you transfer with more games now with the PlayStation Vita? Um, they're, they're going forward. Um, the new Little Big Planet game coming out on the Vita, you'll be able to play on your PlayStation 3, but use the Vita as a controller for it. Yeah, and a couple like more like apps for it is mm-hmm. really kind mm-hmm. of their big their big push for it. Yeah. But you know, I, like what you're saying is, I've I've loved Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. I've I've played them all. I've played secret levels. Like I've almost beaten it. It's almost <laughs> Wait, no. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. Like, yeah. I was, did you yeah. almost beat secret levels? Really? I mean, I got I got Super Mario Two, the Japanese version of Super Mario Two. Yeah, I've gotten extremely. Not the one, the one, I think I'm like 
at a ca- in at a castle in like seven where it's it's <laughs> oh in, no yeah it's, it's impossible. Yeah, lost, the last level said it's impossible. The super Mar- the new Super Mario Brothers for DS I hundred percent of that. Well, that was easy to hundred you know, percent. I even know hundred percent yeah, of that. But it was something <laughs> that I started other games two hundred percent it. Like I love Super Mario Brothers. I have my Super Nintendo hooked up to my TV where I go back and play Super Mario Brothers games. I have not... I've played maybe three times the Super Mario Brothers for the Wii. I find it annoying. I, I really do. It's it's not my game, but if I could get Super Mario Brothers for my Xbox, I would be all about that. I'd, be, I'd go crazy. If they said, oh, you can play Super Mario Brothers, but you have to have the Kinect... I would probably get a Kinect. Really? Like, if they announced Super Mario Brothers on Xbox Arcade tomorrow, I have points left over. I'd, I'd pick it up. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd buy a Kinect to play it. Well, but. I, I would imagine I'd be able to get it used. And there are enough things that I'd be like... <laughs> buy used. But, but, well, but the thing is, there's enough stuff that I'd be like, I'd like to, I would like to try that on the Kinect. I could see myself using the Kinect in the future and... In the present, like I would say, okay, this gives me enough reason to get a Connect. Because it's it's a game you want that you can justify buying an add-on for versus a system. Exactly. No, it's just because he loves Nick Arcade that much. Nick Arcade was awesome. <laughs> I love Let's... the kids. They looked all so confused at that end segment when they had to do the virtual reality, oh, was... like blue was... screen, and they had to jump when they... was... those kids probably have never seen the show. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the thing. Like I, I really. <laughs> This is so Nick sad. A L- uh. little, little view into uh, my psyche and thought process here. I just realized a couple years ago that those kids that were on those game shows, Nick Arcade, Legends of the Hidden Temple, had probably never watched those shows, but their families were just on vacation there, and they were picked like, hey, do you want to be on the game show? And the kid's like, yeah, I want to go to space camp. And that's why they were fucking hitting the steps like on the uh, <laughs> the button on the steps of knowledge before the question was finished they just didn't know what was happening they could never put together the silver monkey because they had never seen it put together before they didn't know what it was and it made you as a viewer go no what are you stupid every kid that ever watched anything on Nickelodeon game show wise or if you have Nick Gas and you can still watch those you would sit there and be like no you're putting it together why are you going through the forest of forbidden trees? You know there's going to be a temple guard in there. Those kids didn't. <laughs> they hadn't seen that shit. I love that we made our second Nickelodeon game show <laughs> reference in a, in the same podcast. I love that our E3 like focus became a Nickelodeon like arcade. Man, if we were to go on vacation anywhere to see anything, where would what would we go to see? Harry Potter World. No, you're wrong. It would be the Batmobile because oh, we did. Right. That happened. Because <laughs> we just did. And where should people go over to see that? They can check out the pictures of us seeing the Batmobile or the Tumblr and the Batpod over on our Facebook. Hey, just like us. We're bagging board. You can yeah. see me push Chris over, too. Yeah, which is hysterical. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I'm laughing. We had, like, the most likes ever because of that. If you want to following us... Because of that. If you wanted to know we were going to do that stuff, you could follow us over at Twitter. Follow us over on Twitter. Also, bagdenboard.com. We put stuff up there. Also mentioned on the Facebook. Um, also, hey, check us out over on YouTube. We're supporting that again because I figured, hey, we, we should. We have it there. We're going to have Bagdenboard Bites up. Bagdenboard Bites. Our, uh, 
little snippet comic book reviews coming back. It's it's something fun and if, something we yeah. don't do enough. If you guys ask, wait, you guys are a comic book podcast. Where are your comic re- book reviews? They're there. They're in our YouTube channel. Yeah, we we do our monthly lookbacks. We did the new Fifty Two books. Um, if there's a new issue, a new story arc, new creator coming onto a title that we really want to talk about, we'll do that in a look back. But hey, what about that second issue? We mm-hmm. might not do that in a look back, but hey, I want there to be a bag and board bite about that. Yep. And another thing is, if there's something that you want to hear our points of view on, a book, anything like that, email Video us. Video game. We'll, we'll shoot it, we'll, we'll put it right up on there. We'll shoot it out into the internet world. It's the ether. There. The internet we th- the ether. Ethernet? The ether of the internet. But uh, the most important place you can go and rate and review us is, of course, iTunes. We need more of those ratings and reviews. More reviews, so much more. Oh, so much more than the ratings. I love them both, but I really love the reviews. Paul Paul wants your love. Let, let him know you love him. Paul at BaggingBoardCast.com. Or you can email us overall at contact at BaggingBoardCast.com. So until next week, guys, uh, what, what do you guys say? Bite away? With let's, us? Let's not hide it with a lock and a key. Ah. Spoiler for next week. <laughs> <laughs>